All right, everybody, welcome back to the Warning Track Talk podcast. Today, actually tonight rather, we have a bonus episode for everyone. It is draft night, and uh, the first round was tonight, and we have a lot of great players to mention, as well as our reactions. Dave, are you ready to start? I am ready. Ready. I really am. i got to keep it down a little bit because it's late at night, but I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's start off with Spencer Torkelson. He was the first round, or rather the first overall pick by the Tigers in the draft. Uh, he was predicted to be chosen as number one uh, before the draft even started, but overall, he has a great bat. He's a sizable baseball player and an overall good athlete, and I believe he could play first, third, and um left field uh, I don't know the outfield um as well but I think he's going to slot in well at first base uh he just profiles as that type of player and really a lot of people know him for his hitting and he's a really good hitter he's a mature hitter he can take the ball the other way and that's um that's really good when you're looking at uh guys that can hit especially a guy like Spencer Torkelson uh aside from that he seems like a really good personality uh he seems really humble uh, he doesn't seem like the loudest player. And so, overall, he's just a really good pick, uh, being the first, the first overall pick by the Tigers in the draft, Dave. Uh, what do you make of Spencer Torkelson? Yeah, so Spencer Torkelson is a really good pick uh, by the Tigers. Um, and, yeah, he was actually introduced as a third baseman, which was kind of weird because he was um, a first baseman, as I believe you talked about. Um, and yeah, like you said, a good athlete um, and first picked by the Tigers. So uh, they got a good one there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, and the other thing about Torkelson is I, I think he just worked on um, his versatility to try and uh, maybe get drafted a little bit higher. But um, yeah, I think uh, either way, first or third base would definitely work for Torkelson. I don't really see him profiling to be an outfielder, even though that is something that um, he could take up. But I, I really doubt that. But um, moving on, let's go to Austin Martin, which, in, in my opinion, was one of the better picks in the draft as well. He's the fifth overall pick by the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, he sports a great hit tool, good speed, good defense, and developing power. And I found that he was comparable to Mookie Betts. Uh, he just profiles that way. But he can play both the infield and the outfield, and uh, he looks like he's really exciting to watch. Dave, I think the best thing to talk about here, along with uh, Torkelson, of course, is Austin Martin's hitting his hitting tool. Um, I, I believe he's, you know, more of a contact hitter for right now until he learns to develop that power. But he just looks like a really good pick by the Blue Jays. Yet another pick that, um, of course, is going to contribute to the offensive side of things for the Blue Jays. Of course, they already have. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., they have Kevin Biggio, they have Bo Bichette, they have other guys as well coming up through the system, and Austin Martin is definitely going to add to that, Dave. What do you think about this pick? I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I know that you're a fan of Austin Martin, but I'm really not a fan of Austin Martin, and I'll tell you a little bit why. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he, he for sure has a good bat, but he was injured um, last season, and apparently after this injury, he was actually proposed to go as a second all pick and for him to drop to pick especially when teams like the marlins and teams like the orioles who could use some more infielders on him uh it's a little surprising and apparently due to his injury um his speed 
is a little bit down. Um, his power is is uh, down uh, more than what they expected him to be. Of course, it's still developing. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Austin Martin, uh, but I'm not surprised the Blue Jays pick him. They like to go after infielders. You saw it with Vlad, Biggio, Bichette. Yeah, I think that Austin Martin was not uh, the best pick there. Um, the injury does scare me a little bit in terms of Austin Martin. Right, yeah, that's that's totally respectable, um, being that Austin Martin, of course, is going to be someone that they really need to take a look at and um, watch after now uh, since he was the fifth pick. Uh, but overall, I, I just think that it was an okay pick, if not a great pick uh, by your standard, because of the fact that he can play both the infield and the outfield. I, I mean, of course, you have Vladimir Guerrero, you have Bo Bichette, you have Kevin Biggio. You know, you, you have you have star-studded infielders, you know, and even if Kevin, you know, plays infield or outfield, you know, it, it is what it is. But I, I think that Austin Martin could definitely slot in the outfield, if anything, and uh, I, I think he would be good there. You know, I, hopefully he can recover from this injury and feel 100%. Hopefully he could show that on the field for them. But um, overall... Austin Martin, fifth pick by the Blue Jays. And moving on, we have someone of a surprise pick by the Giants, considering that they drafted Joey Bart in the 2018 draft uh, in Patrick Bailey. He was the 13th overall pick by the San Francisco Giants. And he's a catcher with a really good hit tool, Dave. Uh, He has solid power and a massive bat flip really reminiscent of Derek Dietrich. Um, I wrote down here, Derek Dietrich 2.0. And and Patrick Bailey, he just, he shows the confidence up at the plate, Dave. Uh, he, he's one of those guys that he has the power. He has just the oomph when he goes up there. He has that presence when he swings that bat. And he knows that if he hits a home run, he's going to flip that bat, Dave. And I think he's going to be one of those exciting players to watch when he makes it to the major leagues, Dave. What do you make of Patrick Bailey? Absolutely. I was kind of surprised that the Giants didn't go after the catcher, Tyler Soderstrom, um, who the Phillies were actually rumored to, to pick at one point. But, yeah, Patrick Bailey, they wanted a different catcher, different approach. Um, but, yeah, the bat flip was amazing. I saw the bat flip. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I'm sure there's a clip of Twitter or on Twitter somewhere if you can find it. Yeah, Dave, I was all like, Oof, the bat went a mile. But yeah, Patrick Bailey is is for sure, I think, a pretty solid pick. Again, you don't go with Tyra Solderstrom, but um, the bat flip and the fact that he seems to have a pretty good approach at the plate might make him a, a slightly better pick, and, and you get him at a steal there, uh, 13th. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Patrick Bailey, pretty solid. Uh, we'll have to see, though, but I think he will be interesting. He seems like he has a little bit of an attitude with him, which uh, is a good thing. The Giants, they have some attitude with the Dodgers, so it should be very fun to watch. Yeah, it really will. Um, talking about Tyler Soderstrom, I really thought they were going to go after him as well, so this was definitely a surprise pick by the Giants. Uh, but moving on to the Philadelphia Phillies, they had the 15th pick in the draft, and they went with a pitcher, a right-handed pitcher at that, in Mick Abel. And now Mick Abel sports a great fastball. He can reach up to 95 or around that. And uh, he has a wipeout slider. Nasty movement. One of the best in the class, in my opinion. And uh, I, I think that holds up. Uh, he has a two-seamer that has effortless movement. Has good velocity on it as well. It's kind of reminiscent of Aranola a little bit. So, um, you know, I mean, that's always something to watch out for. It definitely has some good run on it. But he's also working on his changeup. 
Uh, that's something to look at too, but it's definitely going to help to uh, open up his repertoire a little bit. And aside from improving in his repertoire, he's a guy that sports a frame of six foot five. He's 190 pounds. You know, he has, he definitely has some room to fill out. And, uh, you know, with that being said, I think he has a really high ceiling. You know, if he could fill out and become at least, you know, 6'5 and uh, 210 or 6'5, 225, then I, I think that fastball could easily reach 98, 99, possibly even triple digits. And um, with, with the nasty movement that he has on his pitches, Dave, I, I don't see any reason why this would be considered a bad pick. And, um, you know, if, if indeed he does have command issues, I think that can definitely be worked out before he reaches the majors, Dave. But um, overall, my opinion on the pick, the Phillies chose a really good one this year. And hopefully he decides to sign with the Philadelphia Phillies, Dave. What's your take on this? Yeah, I'm pretty excited with the pick. But I'm going to give myself some credit. Because the other day in the podcast, I don't know what day this was. I believe we talked about the draft um, on yesterday's episode. So we're filming this the night of June 10th. So June 9th, episode 16, I believe. Yeah, you should go check that out. Um, I actually predicted that Nick A. Bell would be somebody who the Phillies would target while they got him. Uh, but yeah, Dave, I'm a little concerned about his command issues, but I'm super hyped. Lots of good pitches uh, from him. But the major thing I'm concerned about, I talked to Dave about this kind of off-camera, because he's a high school pitcher and because he seems to have a very good fastball and some good pitches, we're a little concerned that he doesn't sign with the Phillies and goes to college and tries to work on those command issues, which he has been rumored to have. So that is a little bit of a concern, and we'll find that out within the next couple of days. But I think it's a really good pick, and hopefully the Phillies can give him enough money to where he's able to sign and decide not college. Yeah, and that's another thing, too. It's are the Phillies going to be able to, you know, well, of course they have the financial wherewithal. You know, it's going to be do they choose to give him enough money to where he does sign? And I think, you know, money's obviously going to talk in this situation. I mean, you had guys like Garrett Cole who got drafted by the Yankees, and he decided not to uh, go to Yankees. He decided not to sign, and look where he is now. He's with the Yankees. But um, anyway, the I guess the purpose that I'm trying to portray here, or rather the principle, is, uh, you know, money talks, like I said. But um, Dave, you can have the next pick since uh, he's someone that you wanted to talk about, so take it away. So the guy we're going to talk about is Bryce Jarvis. He was selected by the Diamondbacks. I'm actually not sure which round. Let me do some quick checking here. Uh, He was selected in the 18th, uh, not round, but sorry, first round 18th pick um, in the draft. Um, Again, went to the Diamondbacks, huge fastball, can hit 96, uh, good curveball and changeup. His curveball is still developing a little bit, but the changeup is for sure his best pitch. It's his out pitch, pretty good arm slot, decent build, and his last few starts before COVID-19 in the spring were very good to the point where I believe I saw something or a highlight. He almost threw a perfect game. So the Mets were, by the way, he grew up a Mets fan in New York. Oh, so he was, I believe he grew up in New York, but I don't know. But I heard something about some connection to the Mets. Um, and yeah, the Mets actually took the, sorry, the Mets had the next pick. The Diamondbacks stole him. So that was pretty good to see that the Mets kind of got, you know, um, finessed a little bit. <laughs> you will probably Arizona Diamondbacks, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for him, and you know, um, I just don't think the Phillies took him, because I think that um, they really wanted to see a guy with a little bit more of an electric fastball, um, and again, a younger pick, 
in terms of Mickabell, but yeah, Bryce Jarvis is, trust me, no slouch. Don Beck's for sure got a good one. And the rotation now with Zach Gallen and him and even um, Luke Weaver, it's going to be a very good rotation, plus Madison Bumgarner. Those are four huge starters if Bumgarner's still around when Jarvis comes up. He can really get through the systems, and the Diamondbacks could be crazy uh, in 2021 or 2022. Yeah, Diamondbacks definitely doing the right thing, uh, drafting Bryce Jarvis. And like you said, the rotation is going to be looking really good. But uh, Dave, uh, concerning his velocity, right, was he the one in the draft that um, that was pitching at around like 88 miles per hour and then he went to driveline and now he's hitting 96? Is it, Was that Bryce Jarvis or was yeah. that another pitcher I'm I thinking? Believe I believe it was Jarvis. I'm not positive on that. Um, again, if you do some research, uh, I just want to advise that MLB.com, they're doing a great job with this. You can watch the draft on your computer. So if you don't pay for um, MLB Network or whatever, they're all showing it on ESPN, but you can watch it on your computer, and they do some great coverage with some analysis on the picks too. So you know any of these picks you want to learn more about. Oh, by the way, too, before we get into the next pick, I just wanted to bring up something at the end after Jarvis is uh, we're going to talk about a big pick that we won't talk about in a second, but the Cubs took Ed Howard. The reason why that's super significant in terms of the Chicago Cubs is because he grew up going to Chicago, or sorry, uh, grew up in Chicago. Tim Anderson, who's on the White Sox, the Cubs uh, crosstown rival, um, they are very good friends. So I was kind of surprised to see the Cubs take him and not the White Sox. But, yeah, it should be interesting. Sorry, I didn't want to jump around there, but I forgot to add him on the list. So I just wanted to bring him up real quick there. But, Dave, we have another interesting guy, a Pennsylvania guy, for you to talk about next. Uh, that's right. We're going we're gonna to be talking about, I believe it was Jack Fritz's favorite guy for the draft that he thought the Philadelphia Phillies were going to pick, and Nick Bitsko. He ended up going 24th overall to the Rays. Can you believe it? The Rays. But, uh, yeah, he's a big Pennsylvania hurler, and uh, there was a lot of demand for Bitsko in Philadelphia. A lot of people were saying, you know, draft Nick Bitsko, including Jack Fritz of the High Hopes podcast. Uh, by the way, go and check them out. They're actually really good, and I find them hilarious on their podcast. So, um, anyway, uh, back to Nick Bitsko. Uh, I, I wanted to pose the question on who's better. Do you think that Mick Abel is better, or do you think Nick Bitsko is better, Dave? Uh who would you take? Absolutely. I'm going to go with uh, Abel and not, you know, saying that just because he was picked by the Phillies and Bitsko wasn't. But um, Bitsko was rumored at the end, uh, you know, towards he was he was for sure going to be a ladder pick in the first round. He was. Um, he went 24th to the Rays. Um, I do think that Abel is the better pick. Um, it should be interesting, though, to see all those two kind of compete. And, you know, in fact, if, if you know, um, Abel's able to come up through the systems quicker or, you know, whatever. But it's very close. Both pitchers are, are super amazing. Um, you know, the very good fastball. And it should be interesting because I'm I'm, go I'm going to root for Bitsko. I really am. Um, you know, being close to uh, Philadelphia and being in Pennsylvania, I'm really going to root for um, Nick Bitsko uh, in his career with the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, and I, I think uh, one of the things that kind of kept the Philadelphia Phillies from picking him was I heard he was injury plagued so um that might have yeah. been a reason that they didn't go after Bitsko so for everyone who really wanted Bitsko that might have been one of the reasons that um the Phillies really uh didn't pick him but uh, Mick Abel I don't think anyone should really be too disappointed the guy is a stud and he has great stuff so I don't believe we're missing out by picking him Dave and um 
really, yeah, if I had to go Abel or Bitsko, I would have to go Mick Abel. I mean, in my opinion, he's just got better stuff. Of course, you know, he's uh, 190 pounds with a 6'5 frame, but could definitely fill out. And uh, it, it's just really exciting to see that the Phillies picked up a guy that really has high upside. You know, I mean, uh, over the past 10 years, some would say that the draft seemed quite lackluster. But uh, Mick Abel definitely changes that. And uh, I think that he could definitely do well on the Phillies if indeed he deci- decides to sign. Like, uh, of course, we were talking about Dave. But um, if you want to start wrapping up the podcast or whether you want to talk about Nick Bitsko some more, Dave, have at it. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have for the draft. I'll just kind of, and then we'll get into the next subject. But uh, round two, uh, three, four, and five will be tomorrow night, I believe, at 5 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch on ESPN or MLB Network. The Phillies um, will pick uh, in round three and four. Um, I don't exactly know what, what picks they have. Let me see. I have it written down somewhere. Sorry, guys. Uh, just let me check for a second real quick here. Here we go, I believe. Yeah, so the Phillies have um, in round – or sorry, they have overall pick 87, 116, and 146. Well, I thought I'll just say that real quick. But, yeah, that pretty much wraps up the draft for me. But we want to get on to one more kind of side subject here in this bonus episode. Uh, so I believe it was around 6 or 7 o'clock Eastern time. On June 10th, which is when we're recording this draft night, first round, Manfred today, uh, shortly before the draft, announced there is a full 100 and 100, sorry, 100 percent chance at um, the MLB season, which is absolutely amazing, um, and that he will have to implement a 50-game or shorter regular season if the players and owners cannot come up deal by next week. So I think that that's pretty interesting. Again, this was first reported. I don't know who was first reported, but I'm looking at it now. Uh, John Heyman on Twitter. Um, wonderful writer. Does a lot for the game baseball. But yeah, so it should be interesting. Um, Rob Manfred says there's 100% chance of the season. And by the way, there's also been a rumored start date of July 10th. We'll see how that goes. It's exactly one month from today. Uh, so that would mean that spring training would have to get started very soon. But yeah, hopefully that the players and the owners can come up with a deal shortly and that Rob Manfred does not have to, um, you know, force anything on the players. You know, if he does try and get the players to play, I don't think the Players Association is going to really like it. And I don't think the players will as well. And um, honestly, if the players don't get what they want, I don't think they're going to play. You know, I think there's going to be a strike, and that's just what's going to happen, you know. And it sucks that uh, a detriment like this is what's going to cause this strike. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's good to hear that baseball will be back, you know, supposedly a 100% chance. We'll see how accurate that exactly is. But um, if we we can have spring training 2.0 start by late June, you know, I'll be happy that there's at least going to be a season, but we'll see who turns up and we'll see if indeed a, a deal can be reached between the Players Association and uh, Major League Baseball on, you know, of course, the players and what they're going to play for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, it should be interesting to see, but just a couple things to wrap up here. Um, again, the draft was tonight. We'll, we'll probably make another podcast maybe tomorrow night talking about the other picks. We'll have to see, but... Uh, make sure to tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, we are, we're we're been getting some views lately. We're trying to keep on growing on Spotify. So leave a follow. Tell your friends about the podcast. 
um, regardless of their Phillies fans or not, because even though we talked about Nick Abel a lot, we, other picks, we talked about MLB in general in this podcast. So this was a very kind of neutral podcast, but still, again, we are a Phillies uh, podcast, of course. But yeah, so I just want to put that out there. Uh, thanks once again to all the frontline workers and the healthcare workers. Um, and thank you so much for watching. Uh, one last thing, just go check out Major League Talk on Instagram and YouTube. Some great baseball content. He's, uh, that's Dave's channel and Instagram page. He's working on some more videos. And eventually, we're going to be working on getting some social media accounts for the podcast here. So make sure to tell your friends. Check us out on Spotify, Anchor, uh, anything that you can listen to us on. You can listen to us on the go. We have uh, podcasts lined up for the next couple of days, right, Dave? That is correct, buddy. We have them lined up all the way until, I believe, Friday. So uh, we're going to be doing more as well. Um, Every single podcast that we do is usually going to come out at around 3 p.m. every single weekday. And sometimes on the weekend, depending on if there's news or, you know, if there's not, then I I don't know if we'll post. But, you know, uh, for right now, it seems like weekdays at 3 p.m. we're going to be posting podcasts. So uh, keep an eye out. And like this one was a bonus podcast, so you may see them throughout the weekend. But yeah, we're, we're fully um, you know, committed to the podcast once again here, and, and we've been putting out a lot of episodes. We've already filmed, like Dave said, Friday, and we already have so many other ideas. By the way, I believe, when is this? Uh, on Wednesday of next week, we're going to for sure want to really stay tuned because we have a wonderful podcast for you. We have some guests that are going to be lined up for the future. So yeah, we're, we're really committed to the podcast, and that's all pretty much I have to say. Thank you to everyone for listening. Um, and yeah, Dave, uh, any last words there, pal? Yeah, I just want to say thank uh, thank you everyone for listening to the podcast once again. Uh, if you made it this far, then be sure to leave a follow and listen to some previous podcasts on uh, Morning Track Talk podcast if you have not already. And uh, yeah, I do have a YouTube channel slash Instagram page uh, called Major League Talk. You can find me on Instagram at uh, major underscore league underscore talk. Uh, that is where I'm going to be posting about videos. And um, if you want, feel free to leave a comment or contact me via my direct messages. But um, yeah, this has been a great episode, Dave. The draft will continue tomorrow at five o'clock and it's going to be a great one. Uh, I can't wait to watch it once again, but this has been the warning track talk podcast with Dave and Dave.